Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. I'm sorry that I took a little break. Let's just reposition it as like a season one and season two. And it's a new year. I want to do new episodes. I'm reinvigorated. I have shit to talk about. And I love creating content. And also like I've been getting a lot of messages all the time asking if and when the podcast is coming back, which makes me so happy. Sometimes I forget that anybody gives a flying fuck about what I'm doing. And the fact that you guys want more of these means I'm gonna have to do it. So welcome to season two. That's how we're branding it now of shooting with Soph. It's 2019 and at the start of every year for me means a new age because I have my birthday on December 29th and this year on December 29th I turned 30. I talked so much in my podcast before about how much I was dreading 30 and that I was like trying to put a screeching halt on turning 30 and being in this decade. And it's funny because everyone says this and I didn't believe it because I was obsessed with being young and vain and whatever. I like it. I really do. I really am not bothered by it. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. So for me to like lie about my age would be the dumbest shit in the entire world. First, I'll tell you what I did for my birthday. Some of you probably saw on my social media, I hosted a house party at my cousin Austin's house. Austin is one of my cousins who lives out here in LA. He is the shit and he's like a brother to me. We are really, really close. And over Thanksgiving, Austin was like, do you want to host your birthday party at my house? And I was like, oh my God, that's the best idea ever because I could never host a party at my tiny little studio apartment. And I didn't want to like put a lot of money into a party. I don't want to have to, you know, go out, rent a place, all of that. And I also, there's something I absolutely hate and that's like spending so much money on other people's birthdays. I'm always going out to these fancy restaurants or whatever and having to drop a hundred dollars on dinner and you know I didn't want anyone to have to do that for me so anyways hosted a party Austin's house and I made the theme sweatpants and hoodies because that's my shit and I'm always in sweatpants and hoodies and I wish that there were places that not only you could wear them because like I go to bars around here in Manhattan Beach and Hermosa in sweatpants or or like leggings and a hoodie but I want a place that it is required so Everyone looks like a bum and by bum I mean amazing because I think guys look so hot in sweatpants and hoodies and I like when girls are like as bummy as me. So sweatpants and hoodie theme. It was a house party. I provided all the alcohol. We also did a little bit of a sponsorship with Nosotros tequila, this like really high end tequila. I overbought alcohol and (laughs) we went through pretty much all of it. The party itself, what I learned is that I hate hosting. I was so excited for this party and everyone said they had a blast, but I didn't because I was so worried about everyone else having fun and I should have just chilled the fuck out and enjoyed myself and gotten drunk. But I was like, I wasn't even drunk because I was so worried about everyone having fun. I was being butthurt about who didn't show up. I was worried about the people who did come like all knowing each other, everyone feeling included. And you know what? I'm over it. First and last party I'm ever hosting. Um, (laughs) I'm way better at being the fun guest and whatever. But 
Everyone had a great time. There was beer pong, music. Um, But yeah, that was my birthday party. I really appreciate Austin hosting it. He's the shit. And then I spent my actual birthday in Hawaii. And I'll get to my Hawaii trip in a minute. But first, I want to go back to being 30. And I'm going to tell you guys why I like it. And I'm not just like blowing smoke up y'all's asses. I don't even know if that's a thing. Y'all's asses. I'm not just blowing smoke up everyone's butt. Um, I like being 30 because by this age, you're so confident and self-aware, hopefully, unless you're a psycho, but you know, like everything about yourself. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what my flaws are. I know when it's my ego that's offended or my actual self. And my whole 20s, I spent caring about being relevant. Like I just wanted to be relevant. I wanted everyone to think that I was killing it. And I was constantly striving to like make a name for myself and have more of a following and more recognition and everyone think I was doing so well. And then it got to a point where I was like, Am I even enjoying this life or am I doing it so that like it looks a certain way? Because I was constantly moving for jobs and trying to compete for these jobs that like when I was actually in it, sometimes I was like, this isn't that fun. There were times where I was loving it. And then sometimes I was like, what am I doing? So now I care so much more on just being happy. Every decision I make in my life revolves around just being totally happy. I absolutely love my life right now. And then you also like when you get older, you focus on long term things. So you stop getting wrapped up in petty bullshit. One of my best friends, she's she's young and she called me crying on New Year's Day because of a guy that she hooked up with on New Year's and all this drama. And I was like, dude, I promise you this matters zero. I was like, you won't even remember his name next year. And it's true. Everyone, I promise you, I promise you if you're listening to this, everyone and everything is get overable and you can choose to be in a good mood or a bad mood every day and that's something I didn't learn until I was 29 years old like you could think like oh why is this happening to me why why do bad things happen to me um you can choose every morning am I going to be positive about this am I going to be negative about this am I going to be in a good mood am I going to be in a bad mood and it really changes your outcome like I wake up every single day in a good mood if something bad happens to me that's annoying but I try not to let it ruin my entire day and it really changes your life so I know that's like really corny of me to say but it works man and another thing about being 30 is like all of a sudden and I've only been 30 for like two weeks but I'm so lazy about going out I don't know I don't know what's happening to me I was complaining that dry January was ruining my life because everyone was like I don't want to go out I don't want to do anything dry January like getting skinny like just go work out you don't have to go sober but (laughs) such a bad influence but um Then this weekend rolls around and I was just exhausted. I slept in longer. I never sleep in. I wake up at the crack of dawn and I'm just up for the day. I slept in till noon. I like didn't want to get dressed. I didn't want to go to bars. My friend had to drag me to the bar to watch the game. And I just didn't feel like doing anything or being social, which I really hope doesn't last because I'm a very social person. But I don't know. Maybe I'm slowing down. Maybe I'm all talk and my my partying ways are coming to an end. Who knows? So another thing I'd like to address before I tell you the really funny story that happened to me in Hawaii. I just want to say something. I tweeted about this and I posted on my Instagram story recently I don't know why but it's been happening all at once some of my closest friends and my sister have been involved in situations where girls have been so mean to them girls who have absolutely no reason to be mean to them do not know them well and my friends have done nothing wrong so I just think that like truly being a mean girl is the 
lamest shit on earth. I promise you being mean for no reason is so uncool. Like when you think about your reputation, people talk about you. Would you ever want people to be like, oh, that girl sucks? No, you want people to speak highly of you. And I just have been baffled at how awful some people are. And it's so transparent when you're past a certain age, if you're being mean, it's just because you're jealous. If this person has done something wrong to you, whatever, do what you got to do. But if not, <laughs> just be a confident, nice, cool person. You don't have to be best friends with everyone. You don't have to include everyone in everything. Like It's not like that. But being outwardly bitchy is just lame as fuck warning you. So be nice, girls. I'm not even this like super hardcore feminist. I just don't understand what has gotten into people. Yeah, so okay. Let me talk about Hawaii. So I went on a 13-day family vacation. Yes, that is correct. You heard me right. 13 days, boys and girls. I survived. Um, no, it was great. I'm, I'm very blessed that my parents even were kind enough to take us all on vacation. Someone actually tweeted at me and they're like, oh, you still vacation with your parents? I'm like, um, I didn't realize it was considered embarrassing to accept a 13-day vacation from the people who birthed you. Like, that's dope. So we went to the montage in Hawaii in Maui and that hotel is absolutely outstanding beyond five stars it's only residences so there's no regular hotel rooms but if your family or group of people is trying to go to Hawaii I highly recommend that hotel so let me tell you a story Recently, I was talking to one of my guy friends and he was saying how he's left things on like pretty petty, like not so great terms with some girls he's dated in the past. And I was like, you know what? Every guy I've had in my life, I've pretty much on good terms with. I'm cool with everyone. And I would say there's maybe one person who I ended on not so great kind of weird terms with. And that one person was at my hotel with his new girlfriend. I wouldn't say new. They've been dating. They started dating like right after me and him stopped talking. But it's been a little bit now. But him and his girlfriend were at our hotel. And when I first saw that this was happening, basically, I saw some of his friends by the pool one day. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I start to like panic a little bit. Like, I really hope that I don't see what's his face at our hotel. So I do a typical girl move and I... (laughs) I grab my sister's phone and I start watching him and his girlfriend's stories to make sure they're not in Hawaii. And they weren't. Well, next day, didn't get a chance to watch the stories, but I'm on the phone. I'm walking by the pool in a bikini and I look over to the pool bar and there he is. And he looks over at me and basically looks like he saw a ghost. Did like a triple take. We're like staring at each other, but from a good distance away. And I'm panicked. Like my heart is racing, but I think the person more panicked than me was him. He did not look happy about this. And it's funny because I was anticipating him coming. I think he was completely shocked when he saw me. So his girlfriend's laying in a chair like two feet away from him. I don't go over and say hi. Normally, like normal me just never really has awkward situations. I have no problem going up and saying hi to someone, but this was like a weird situation. So I don't say hi. And basically I am Peter in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It is the exact plot of the movie. There is a guy and his girlfriend and me and him used to be involved for a little bit. And Now they're staying at my hotel in Hawaii, except plot twist, I'm with my entire family and he's with his friends. So I'm like bugging out. 
I am very miserable about this situation. Although it was making for great tweets and great content, (laughs) it was not fun to live. Every single day at the pool, I was like, my head was on a swivel. And yes, the girl was like laying out at our pool every single day, two feet away from me with the girls. And all his friends are around and I'm just miserable. Every night we go to dinner, all I want to do is just get out of the shower, wet hair, no makeup, look like shit. But I'm like... God, do I have to look cute tonight? Because I might run into them. And I was so annoyed. Anyways, whole trip goes by. It was not fun. No, sorry. I take that back. It was a fun trip. But this situation was not fun for me. Last day of the trip, the resort is empty. I'm like, oh, thank God. No one's out here. Everyone's gone. It's January 6th. There's no way anyone's still on Christmas vacation. Laying at the pool with my family, my brother turns to me and goes, don't turn around. Of course, I turn around and there they are. The only two people at the pool besides my family. Now there's three pools. So they get with a pool attendant and they walk around the entire property. So they walk away. I'm like, oh, thank God. Getting as far away from us as possible. Thank you, Lord. And they do a loop and the pool attendant plops them down directly next to my family. So I get up and move chairs. At this point, I'm like, I fucking had it. I've been dealing with this the entire trip. So I've had it. I get up and move and he actually gets up and comes over and was like, Sophie. And I have my headphones in. So I'm like, "Uh, hi. And we had the most awkward. I really don't feel awkward in many situations. And I'm never really ever at a loss for words. I was like shook. I was stuttering. I didn't know what to say to him. I'm like, Oh, I was I was going to say hi to you, like, but uh, uh, sorry. And he was like, yeah, how, how have you been? Like, whatever, like very uncomfortable. But I actually do give him credit for being the one to come up to me. It would have been me for sure if she wasn't laying right there. And she knows who I am. Thousand million percent knows who I am. Anyways, she's like awkwardly watching. And I almost wish she came over and introduced herself because then we would have cleared the air entirely. But like, it was nice of him to come over, clear the air. He was very friendly. And then my dad comes over. My dad just makes absolutely every situation so much worse. He cannot play it cool. He comes over and goes, what's up, man? Like, how do you guys know each other? And I'm like, we're both fucking dying at this point. Like, we just are dying to get out of this conversation. And he's like, oh, uh, like, a year, like a year and a half ago. And I'm like, uh, we, we just are, we met a while ago. Like, we're just so uncomfortable. Then my dad starts bragging about how I know everyone, every city we go to. When we go to Italy, Sophie knows people that have yachts and take us out. And I'm like, I am mortified. It was so obvious what he was doing. I just literally wanted like shrivel up and die in this moment. Eventually he walks away. I'm feeling a lot better. I'm like, okay, air is cleared and they move. So they're not even at our pool anymore. So I can just like enjoy my last day. Fast forward a few hours. I see my dad beeline for the hot tub. And my brother looks at me with like a smirk on his face. He's like blank. This dude is in the hot tub right now. My dad purposely went into the hot tub because he was in the hot tub. I truly was on the verge of a panic attack. I'm screaming at my brother, get in the hot tub now, go, go, go. And I forced my brother and sister to sprint over and get in the hot tub to intercept whatever he was about to do in the hot tub. But yeah, I was very mad at him after that. And that was me just living my forgetting Sarah Marshall moment in Hawaii. And, And truly like only this would happen to me. And I do appreciate that these things happen to me because then I have content and good stories. But holy shit, while I was living it, I was posting stories only for my close friends on Instagram. Those little like, you know how you can like add people to a close friend list? I was like posting it for them and everyone was dying and it was not fun. But 
it's over now and I can talk about it on my podcast. I also like downgraded my seat. They overbooked first class on the way home. I downgraded my seat and got $2,000 worth of travel credit. So now I can travel for free all year and I'm so stoked on that. I don't even know where to go. The only thing I've planned in the next few months is Super Bowl, which obviously I'm super excited for. All my friends are going and I go every year. It's the best networking, doing some work, getting paid and I can't wait. Last year, Minnesota was really fun. It'll be my fourth. I go, I've go. i gone for four years. My first one was San Francisco. That was fun. Houston was the best one so far. Minnesota was really dope, but like freezing. And I didn't have that many girlfriends there. But now this year in Atlanta, I have a ton of girlfriends going. I have all my guy friends going and I'm stoked. But besides that, I have nothing planned. And I have all this money now to spend on flights. So I got to figure it out. And what else have I been up to the last few months? Oh, okay. Something I never discussed considering my last episode was end of September was that back in November, I went to Nashville. And if you follow me on social media, which I'm assuming you do, because why else would you be listening to this random girls podcast? I am sickly obsessed with Nashville. And you probably know that. I went to Nashville with two of my girlfriends who both work in Boston. One is Meredith, the Patriots reporter, and the other is Rachel. She works for Nesson. I met both of them in the bathroom at Super Bowl in Houston at the Barstool party. I'm not kidding. The way we met was so typical, basic girl. Walked into the bathroom with Sydney Sizen, and those two girls were there, and they were like, you guys are so pretty. And we're like, wait, you're so pretty. And we were just drunk, making friends in the bathroom. I dragged them to an after party, and we've literally been friends ever since I visited them in Boston we traveled to Newport Rhode Island together we traveled to the Hamptons together and now we went to Nashville together and we shared a hotel room all three of us had never been I've been to visit Vanderbilt when I was in high school but that didn't count because I'd never been out in the city I didn't know anything so we went and we linked up with a group of guys who were friends with my guy friends in LA because I was like I want people to take us out who really know the city and we just had an absolute blast words can't even explain how unbelievable this city is it is by far the most fun bar scene I've ever been out at like every bar we went to was unreal the people were beautiful everywhere hot guys gorgeous girls the food was great like the weather when we went was perfect I just I was in actual heaven I also love country music and some of the bars were playing hip-hop and house music and some were playing country and there were live bands and holy shit I was on cloud nine all I can think about is going back to Nashville like it's it's by far my favorite city in the world I was even looking up rent when I was there I'm like would I actually move here but I can't make another move right now. (laughs) But I'm so into Nashville. We were being out of control, just like drunk the entire time, wearing cowboy hats, singing country roads, take me home on repeat night, day. We were in karaoke Ubers where I learned that I am an unbelievable MC. Like I really love being on a microphone. No surprise there considering I'm on one right now. (laughs) But the airport on Sunday after the weekend was a little rough. I almost died. Was like crouched in fetal position, like sweating in the security line and everyone was staring at me. But I'm sure everybody understood. We were on the same page there. If you go to Nashville for anything other than to drink, I'm like... A little bit shook over that but um highly recommend that city I'm just dying to get back there okay guys I'm here with the coolest dad on the planet one half of my favorite couple two-time Super Bowl champ and a current baseball player Ty Gaffney how's that for an intro Ty oh you gotta appreciate it <laughs> that's, a, that's a good friend right there. Yeah, just pumping the shit out of your tires. 
Um, so we met because your wife and I were internet friends for a while. And then I interviewed her on this podcast and me and her, after the interview, got drunk on FaceTime together. You were like off playing baseball. She was chilling in a dorm room. We got drunk. We became obsessed with each other. And then I had a birthday party last month and you two drove up here which was so awesome. And y'all were the only parents in the building and legitimately the most fun people there. <laughs> oh, because when it rains, it pours, baby. <laughs> we, we don't get mom and dad's night out every day anymore. So when we're in, it's, it's on. You guys were like the first people to arrive and the last to leave, like straight up party MVPs. What'd you think of the party? You can be honest. Uh, it was, I was great. I mean, I, I think, uh, to be honest, because we love being honest, uh, <laughs> thought it was going to be bigger, but it couldn't have been better. That, so uh, that was the thing was I was so concerned with like who didn't show up because all these people were supposed to come and everyone was like, I loved that it was that size because everyone became friends. Exactly. It was it was so personal. And like you heard like all these people were coming and I'd say only half of those people came, but the people that were there were the ones you want there. And that's exactly. why they were there. And it was a good time. I fucking hate hosting. I'm never doing it again. I like was not, <laughs> I was the only one who didn't have fun. Cause I was so concerned with like everyone else's fun and like who didn't come and like all the people who said they were coming and like, and just, it don't matter. Right. And I was worried also that the people there were all talking to each other and no one felt left out. And you know what? Like everyone's like, well, that's so nice. That's a good host. Like I don't want to be a good host. I want to be the no. fun guest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we, we tried to be the fun guest and include you, but you were you were so busy at, and everybody else's. But guess what? It was a good time. We all loved it. But then at the end of the night, it was like a group of like 10 of us that were up at like the 4 a.m. The homies. Like 4 a.m. just chilling. Everyone was drunk. And that was that was the best part was once everyone left and then we were just all staying up so late. Yep. Just just reminiscing on the, on the good times of you turning 21. Totally. 21 plus a couple extra years. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to start backwards and move forwards. You played both football and baseball at Stanford. Not a big deal. So who in the NFL currently was on your Stanford team? Stanford football. There's too many. You don't have to list everyone. Who are some of the big names? Yeah. So the names are you talking Richard Sherman, Doug Baldwin, Andrew Luck. Uh, Kobe Fleener, Dave DeCastro, Zach Ertz, Levine Toilolo. Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, those. Are, I guess those are like the the highlight names, but uh, there's there's countless guys that are still plugging along and doing well. Ryan Hewitt, one of my best buds, uh, undrafted fullbacks, still going strong. There's no way you and Andrew Luck were too close of friends. He's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> we're all nerds over there. It's nerd. It's nerd nation. It's the only thing we got. Did he have a book club in college? Uh, he was an avid reader. I don't think he had a book club. I think he needed a little bit of the uh, the fame to start the book club. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, so you played both sports, and then you decided to take the NFL route. Did you have an MLB offer? Uh, so I actually started in uh, the minor leagues. I got drafted my junior year of baseball to the Pirates, and I left, and so... My senior, I missed my senior year of football, which became my redshirt year. Oh, okay. And yeah, and so that would have that was my year off. And then when I came back, I was a fifth year senior, and I told the Pirates, "Yo, I'm gonna finish my degree because that was important to me. 
I was going to play a year of football and then I was going to come back. And uh, they were all for it. I had a really good season. I was like the captain of the organization and helping out. But then I had a good season at Stanford and got drafted to the Panthers. And next thing you know, I'm not coming back for five years. So eat it. <laughs> okay, so you got drafted to the Panthers. Then how'd you get to the Patriots? So there is a rule that if you get hurt in spring training, by the way, I was hurt first play, first day of no. my my uh, training camp. No, you were one uh, of those. Yeah. Those are like the saddest stories to me. Yeah, it was it was a fan it was the fan fest in the okay. stadium. I had like a twenty, twenty five yard toss, toss left. As I'm turning around, like to go back to the huddle, I pop my knee. Duh. Um, yeah, just like a casual turn. And I said, man, that felt weird. I'd, I'd never been hurt, never had surgery, never had anything wrong with me. And I was running back to the huddle and I knew something was right. And so I started like doing the old self-assessment that all athletes know how to do. Jump around, squat a little bit, put it in weird positions. And the more I did that, the more it hurt. And boom, next thing you know, season-ending surgery. And so right before they waived me to put me on the IR, uh, there's a rule during training camp that uh, if you, you can keep a guy or you can waive him so that you keep the roster spot and then you can put him on the IR. So they chose to waive me thinking that no one would pick me up. Enter Bill Belichick with the Patriots. Uh, he took me and it was like kind of a supposedly an unwritten rule and classic Bill response was, I don't know what a written rule is. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah. And uh, I mean, I got to join a Super Bowl winning team. I was lucky to learn from two Hall of Famers with Bill and Tom. And first day I was there, I had surgery. I finally come in and I'm looking haggard. Uh, I haven't, I'm in a new city. I know nobody. I know none of my teammates. I was drafted with none of these guys. Um, they flew me overnight and I'm I'm like four days post-surgery. Haven't eaten. Haven't okay. That's what I was going to ask. So this is, so yeah. you literally went with your injury right yes. after surgery and sat out yeah, the no right right before surgery oh uh, i was gonna have surgery the day before and i'm in the meeting room with the panthers and i say uh i never bring my phone to meetings ever and this time i just accidentally had it in my pocket and my agent hits me up and says you're on uh you're on the patriots now <gasps> yeah and uh i was like what do, what does that mean the meeting was like yo i i don't think I think I'm on the Patriots now. And here comes the GM, Dave Gettleman. Uh, here comes the head coach, Ron Rivera. And they take me out of the room and they say, uh, yeah, you, uh, is there anything we can do about this? And they said, no. So I was on a flight like four hours later in, on crutches, couldn't walk, get to the Patriots. Day later, surgery. Week later, I walk in the meeting that I was talking about. And I sit in the front because I can't climb the stairs. And so here comes Jimmy Garoppolo, sits next to me. He was just drafted. And we're sitting there and I'm talking and, He's kind of like, are you QB? And I was like, no, you know, and this is where the QB sat. And so I'm sitting there and here comes freaking TB12 himself sits on the other side of me. Uh, and I'm like, well, this is probably where I parked my car. Um, oh my God. And, uh, but from there on out, I, I sat in the front row. I had to be attentive. There was no falling asleep in that meeting. I best believe sitting next to Tom and Bill <laughs> like every day. And so uh, it was, but they welcomed you with, with open arms. They were, they were so cool about it. Tom is, is just as good a person as he is a leader and player. Um, and there's no surprise that he's just the best. And everyone asks me, you know, the number one question I get is how, how was Tom Brady? You know, how was that? 
he's just the best. Like he made you feel like I was, I was a rookie coming hurt, had no, nothing going for me. Like I was a running back with a torn knee at this point. And he, um, he welcomed me, kind of showed me, you know, you know, what's going on, explained like a couple of things to me. And I felt like he was already my, my QB. That's so cute. He really does seem like a great human. Like it's really hard no matter what team you're a fan of. Like it's really hard to hate Tom Brady. And I know there are people who do, but I'm like, come on, this guy is just, he seems like the best dad, the best husband. I've never heard Mm -hmm. one story. I've heard stories about people who everyone thinks is good cheating and not Tom. Like you just hear the best things about him always. Yeah, he uh, there's there's literally nothing to say about bad about him, and I've never ever like you said ever heard a story that has been negative, and that's the reason he's the goat. Yeah, did he ever come out and do like boys nights with you guys? Uh, no, I don't think he would be able to do that. Um, first off, he is in a very different situation, being forty years old with a bunch of twenty year olds. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not sure like how much he's hanging out with them, but even right. then, like trying to go out in Boston as Tom Brady, are you kidding me? I was going out with like a Ju- Julian Edelman when Rob Gronkowski, and that was already shitty. The, those guys get hounded, and so uh, trying to go out with Tom would I wouldn't even want to be there. Boston fans are crazy, the best. like the, so they're all they're the best. They're, so I love going to Boston. And this Mm -hmm. is just me being a big head. And it's because like they're all stoolies and they never forget anyone who's ever done anything for Barstool. So everywhere I go, people buy my drinks and say hi to me. And like, I literally go to Boston if I need an ego boost because I'm like, wow, people know me here. (laughs) People know me here all across the country. I'm like, wow, Boston's the best. Everyone's like, why do you like Boston? I'm like, I don't know. know. It's just a great city. It's really like just just good for my ego. They're so passionate about everything. Like, there's not one person when you're walking around that's not wearing some sort of athletic apparel. Yeah. Totally. Same with Uh, Philly. Like, I grew up in Philly, and it's the same there. But, like, we just have a worse reputation. (laughs) Yeah. Philly's Philly's up there. Pittsburgh's great. Um, That whole East Coast vibe is is nice with it. But I just think Boston's just won so much that it's tough to – they're just spoiled as shit. Not fair. It's so not fair. (laughs) Yeah, they're winning. They're winning a national or a world championship every year in one sport or another. It's so crazy. Um, so when you were on the Patriots, you lived with Julian Edelman for a little, right? Yeah, we lived together for like a year. So how was that? Do you have any good stories? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. He's uh, this was kind of in his transition from being like a, a dude with a chip on his shoulder and not really recognized, just a just a really good athlete. And I'd say the year I was, I got there, 2014, they won the Super Bowl, and he was a good player. But this is when he like, this is the year he stood out and kind of started his like stardom. And then I lived with him in 2016, so it was two years later, and he was already well established. Everyone knows him. He's uh, trying to blow up Instagram, and uh, I mean, he's just your your typical bay cat that. Uh, Oh, the world's always against Julian, though. Um, you know, he that's that's his that's his mentality, and you know, for guys like that, that that works for them. Like they got this chip on their shoulder that everyone hates him, everyone's counting him out, and people probably did because he was small. He's a, the little squirrel, and so um, <laughs> they once he got once he got rolling again, 
I think that he he did a good job of keeping that that chip on his shoulder, and that's that's why he's he's great. And I mean, he he basically he basically begged to be Tom Brady's best friend uh, from the day he from the day he walked in the building, like letting him know that he's available. I can play catch with you, like whenever you want, Aww. whatever you need. And now now they are now they're it's great worked friends. out for him. <laughs> exactly, and so you know you you can't hate on any anybody that has success because it comes in all different forms. Totally. So the so the first Super Bowl that you won, you were injured. Uh, yes. So the second Super Bowl was sweeter, I assume, because you were playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I got hurt my rookie year. I was 2014. We won. We beat the Seahawks with the crazy play. Malcolm Butler intercepted Russell Wilson on the goal line. Uh, and then 2015, uh, I actually got hurt like exactly 365 days Stop. from – on my other knee, same exact injury, just running down the field. Same this is like exact bad thing. luck. Yeah, and so um, I couldn't believe it, uh, Bill. But Bill came in and told me right away, like, you know, we're gonna keep you. We don't want you to get healthy. We 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 believe in you, and that's why we picked you up. Uh, don't like, don't worry about like being cut because everybody knows Patriots are ruthless, and if they need you or want you, or if they don't, they'll get rid of you. And so yeah, he, which, which meant a lot to me. And uh, I actually had been doing like weekly reports for Bill on like the, the linebackers and the defense and turning them in every week. And I, I knew I wasn't telling Bill Belichick anything he didn't already know. Like whatever I wrote, however in-depth I got, like I'm a 23, 24-year-old kid right now trying to tell a 40-year veteran Hall of Fame coach what the defense is going to do. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not surprising anybody. But he did it to keep me like in the loop and keep me around. And, uh, that's keep so me, like, cute. Learning. Yeah, and so I, I really appreciated that, and I knew that's what it was the entire time. Uh, and then enter my third year, I finally stayed healthy, played the entire season, half on the roster, half on practice squad. It was the only team – now, you don't wish injuries on anybody, but it was the only year, basically, that nobody in the running back group was hurt. We had <laughs> Deion Lewis, James White, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, and those were our dudes. And then we had Brandon Bolden as a special teamer. And I was basically just there, like, one of these guys goes down, I'm in. Like, I thought I, might, I, thought I was I earned my starting spot in preseason, and that wasn't the case. And so I, uh, I was waiting basically on an injury because there's not a lot to prove in more practicing. You can just work hard, but there's not making big plays or anything. And so, uh, won another Super Bowl, Houston Atlanta, uh, against this, the Falcons, crazy, crazy game, crazy environment. What a place to be a part of Super Bowl is a freaking entertainment center. Oh, it's the best. I mean, like it's obviously different when you're the player, but even just like going to Super Bowl as someone who like works in the industry, it's just like yeah. unbelievable. It's adult spring break. Yes, it is. There's so much going on around you. Re so if you come in as not a player and you really see it from the outside, this is it, the maybe the biggest event like in the world. There's so many things going on. There are 10 different like parties that you must be at. Like those are the parties, but they're all happening at the same time. Um, <laughs> and so you just kind of pick, you kind of pick between the ones, the, the celebrities that are there, the, the amount of money that's going on. Like these cities have to be thriving after Super Bowls come because of the people, the money and uh, the, the advertisement space alone. I still want you and Kristen to go this year, but it's in two weeks. So yeah, well, if, yeah, if we have a babysitter, 
Yeah, you know, find a great. sitter. <laughs> yeah, that's, For like that's the move. Five kids days. at the Super Bowl, not the move. Yeah, I can't imagine kids at the Super Bowl, considering no. it's like just one giant party. Yeah, so at, at the first Super Bowl, or this most recent Super Bowl that we were at, we had Jackson, and he was like, I don't know, months. He was six months old. Not walking, not standing, like looking like a baby. We talked to the Super Bowl officials there, and we couldn't bring him in unless he had a ticket. What? Yeah, unless he had a ticket. I was like, yo, this dude ain't sitting anywhere. Are you fucking kidding me? He doesn't even have yeah, a seat? He, he can't sit in the seat? Every, they, she quoted, said, every living person has to have a ticket. And tickets are face value at minimum, like $1,000. Um, that like actually like, pisses me off. Like I want to yeah. know who decided that. Probably Roger Goodell. Yeah, so <laughs> we just locked him in the car and left the windows cracked. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That's the way to do it. Just bring them to Super Bowl, keep them outside in the car, go into the party. Yeah. As long as it's locked and the window's cracked, live some snacks. Just have a bouncer keep an eye on them, you know? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so you were in the NFL and now you're playing baseball. Like, how'd you make this transition, this decision? Uh, so I got hurt my last year and it was my final injury in football. And I was actually with the Jaguars and I was doing really well. I was competing for the second spot and the running back. They just drafted uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, so he was pretty much had the job. And we went to play the Patriots in preseason. And first day playing them, I tore my knee again. Oh, and my God. I was, I was running down on kickoff, made a guy miss, made the tackle, got up, knew my knee felt funny, and pretty much knew right then and there. Like I knew if I got hurt again, I was done. Uh, but right, literally right then and there, I, I just kind of knew that I was, I was done playing football. Cause like, you're just like, fuck not... this at this point, it's yeah, like three exactly. times. And, and my knees feel, my knees feel great now. Like I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm about to run Spartan races. Like I feel great, but this, uh, my soul couldn't take another physical therapy, like a year long. Like I was in a wheelchair with my, Ugh. with my son on my lap at Disneyland. Like Aww. I was like, this, this ain't for me. And doesn't it like guys get from what I've learned is that guys get super depressed when they are not physically able to do things that they're used to being able to like even if a guy breaks his wrist and he can't write or shower properly or anything it just Mm -hmm. like it just like crushes your not necessarily your ego but just like your spirit. It does it's it is it is heart-wrenching to just rehab like the the surgery sucks. The first like week after knee surgery sucks, but after that, like you're chilling. You know, it's just a little achy, whatnot. But I couldn't walk. Each time, I had six weeks where I couldn't put any weight on it. So I'm crutching around. We went to Kristen and I went to like a really cool music festival, and she was pushing me around in a wheelchair, <laughs> and she was she was almost eight months pregnant. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, like I'm trying to like wheel this thing myself, but I'm not like a pro wheelchair dude and so she's like okay I'll help you out and like she would help me out from time to time but we saw Tom Petty right like the concert before he died oh wow Um, yeah and so it was like super worth it but that was our lives and I said this this isn't it like I'm, I'm not gonna be the one dragging us down I'm gonna be the the one that you know provides and is the rock because Kristen like keeps this engine keeps the engine running but the engine's gotta run yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, we made it, and uh, I'm I'm good to go. I would I would never trade it for the world. What a what a life experience. 
So now what's your current status? Uh, we just, I just finished playing double A baseball with the Pirates. Yeah. Basically that year that I got hurt, I got hurt in September, like first week of September. And then I played baseball. I started in March spring training and my knee was, I would, I didn't tell the Pirates at the time, but my knee hurt so bad because I wasn't done. Like I wasn't done with rehab yet. Oh God. And, but I had to show up. I couldn't be like, yo, uh, my knee hurts, but will you take me back? Right. I just said I was good to go and made it through. Somehow made it through, had a terrible, terrible spring training. And then I got into the season and did really well. Um, went to high A, got promoted to double A, and uh, we're, we just moved. We finished, and I moved down to San Diego. So we're here, and I'm just grinding away, working hard. Are you, are you like, going back to baseball? That is, a, that is still up in the air. Probably not. Uh, I'm, I'm much happier without it. It's a single man's game. When I was 21, it was a great time traveling to shitty city after shitty city. Uh, that's great. But when you have two kids, the, the hours are just awful. Like I was saying goodnight to my kids at like 11 a.m. Because oh. I wouldn't be home until 11 p.m. And they're sleeping. And, so, and your wife and kids were living in a dorm in the middle yes. of rural Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're living in... 40 minutes west of State College and uh, in Altoona. It's a it's a coal mining town and a train town, uh, and there's no places to rent. So we were in a college dorm. Altoona's uh, Penn State off campus. Yeah, I know there. Altoona. I'm a Pennsylvania girl. I would yeah. never wish <laughs> anyone to live in Altoona, but... But, but as, as shitty as it was, it was, it was great. Uh, we learned, like we learned a lot. We had no TV. It was just me, her and the boys. And it was like things you would never do in your life unless you were forced to, to be there. Um, and she got the, as fit as possible because all she did was work out. She made the sports illustrated top 16 from there. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that it all happens like for a reason. And so totally. I think that, you know, the butterfly effect pointed us in that direction and she's had success from it. And so have I, we're, we're definitely better from it. Agree. I I'm, I'm the same way. I feel like every shitty thing that's happened to me, something good has come out of it. And then I'm like, Oh, that was the reason. And then like, <laughs> it makes it easier when times get tough because you know what, mm -hmm. that something's going to come out of it. But this is a good transition into your fucking amazing wife, Kristen. So yes. you had one kid and she was pregnant and then you proposed. She had, I proposed before she was pregnant, after, uh, after Jackson, before Conway. Okay. So yeah. then you have two kids and then just out of nowhere, she's like the other day, the other week, by the way, yeah. we're married. We've been married for a year. Yeah. So she said everyone kept being like, when's your wedding? When's your wedding? And she's like, yeah, I don't yeah. care. And you guys like secretly got married, which I think is so dope. Very Kylie Jenner of you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are you guys going to have a party or what? Uh, we're going to have a real wedding at some point, probably within the next couple of years. We're going to have a big ass party. That's for sure. Because that's we, we have so many cool friends and we want to celebrate with them. But we're, we're probably going to have a destination wedding with just a very select you know, group of people, most of it being family. Yeah, we liked having a little secret. We had a little secret for a year, and it was like our secret. There's only a couple of things left in the world that you can really like be a secret or be a surprise. And one of them is that, and the other one's not finding out your kid's gender until they're born. Did you guys um, do that? Uh, we didn't cause, because of Kristen. <laughs> you, you wanted the secret, but as a girl, I understand. Yeah. You want to plan. Yeah, yeah. 
but but now now that we have two boys, it, I think she's very open to it. We're planning on having another litter of kids. Just I was going to ask. More. Yeah, yeah, just two more. But she uh, she's she's open for it because I, I explained that quote to her and I said, "There's not a lot of surprises left in the world, and those that's one of them." And so if we can have that, like, let's freaking do it. That's cool. And then you don't have to do like a stupid gender reveal video, except nah, like exactly. Everyone makes fun of those, except I know that I'm going to do that for sure. Um, you got it. Yeah. So let's go back. You guys met people who listened to my podcast, listened to the episode with Kristen, and she told me how you guys met out. She was living in Stanford. You just came back yep. for your like fifth year. And you guys pretty much got into a relationship really quickly. And you've been so solid since. So like as a young guy you know, young guys are so fucking scared of commitment and, you know, just settling down and growing up in life. How did you know that like you wanted to commit to her? Like, how'd you know she was it? Yeah. So she, so yeah, we met, uh, we met through mutual friends. Her sister was kind of hanging out with our group. Her sister, she's two years older than me. Love to remind people that big old cougar. And, um, (laughs) she her sister was my age and so like she went to san jose state and you know long story short we we met and we hit it off i I really dug her vibe i uh asked her out on more dates we went we started like going steady i guess and then i i knew i was getting drafted because i was having like this year and my agent like my advisor at the time was telling me like you know you're gonna get drafted at roughly these these rounds and i didn't know if i wanted like a girlfriend going into that I knew I liked Kristen, but I was like, do I love this chick? Do I want to like go to bring her along on this NFL ride? Or I want to like relive my life doing this. Cause I was still a young kid. I was still like a dog. Like how every, every <laughs> kid, every guy grows up. And so, you know, we had talked about it and we were going to do long distance the first year. And uh, basically Kristen, Kristen was in charge of, of uh, us being together. <laughs> You know, at one at one point, yeah, at one point, um, there was two times in our relationship that one one time early on, I was still like in old habits and I wasn't off like cheating on her, but I was still like talking to other girls through like Instagram or through uh, texting because I just had the same number and so like girls see me get drafted, girls start hitting me up. Of course, bunch of bunch of snakes out there. <laughs> so. Um, you know, she, that, that first time she hit me with like, I'm not going to do this. This was very, this was like probably four or five months into us dating. And she said, I'm not going to do this. Uh, if you're talking to other girls, like you're my man, that's, that's the deal. And if you're going to talk to other women, that's fine, but I'm not going to be a part of that. And so I basically took like the day to like really evaluate, meaning like I'd put it off to last as long as possible. (laughs) And, uh, I, I I basically came back and said done like I want to be with you I don't I don't need these other chicks like no problem no. Um, and then in, in when I was in uh, Boston you know we had the long distance because I the first year I was in Boston we had the long distance issues where you know you're only seeing each other every like once a month and at one point in there or in like October or something yeah it was October she basically said like I'm not gonna have you like going to the club like doing all the shit, making me look bad. Cause I was like, I was going to the club with people she can basically follow on Twitter or Instagram, like Rob or Julian. Right. And she, so she knew I was there and it was like, Rob's with 20 girls. 
and well, that would mean Tyler is probably there too. Right. And so um, she's basically hit me with the same ultimatum. Like, this is the deal. We are either going to like be together and you're going to stop bullshitting or I'm going to be done with this. And I'd say I knew a little bit before that, but I knew that this girl was like my best friend now. She was my best friend. I loved like confiding stuff in her, talking to her. Like I, if there was problems, like she, I knew I could count on her. And so it was like right then and there, I said, this is my best friend. I don't want to hurt her feelings like ever. And that's so from, cute. Yeah. From, from there on out, I said, like, let's, let's get you to move up here. And so we like, she figured out like when she could leave her job best, like for like stock options and whatever else, like adult life. And she ended up moving up there the, like the following preseason. And I just knew like, and for all those like people out there, it's it really changed when she was my best friend and I didn't want to hurt that person's feelings. Yeah. Um, so like did everything to, to make it, make it right. And from then on out, two kids later, boom. It's so cute. I was actually talking to Meredith before this, and I was like, oh, I'm about to interview Ty. She's like, I have questions. Incoming call for Meredith. Yeah, I'm like, what are your questions? Because obviously, like, everyone always says this, like, you guys are goals, you guys are goals, but it's obviously you are, but I think what's why everyone says that is because no one is anymore. And even when you see a cute couple on Instagram, like most of the time you just hear shit that actually goes on. And like, yeah, yeah, I know you two and you guys genuinely are as solid as you come off. And obviously you have the beautiful babies and you're both beautiful yourselves. But like, how do you keep your relationship so strong in the age of social media where like following girls, girls messaging you, like guys, like, hitting, I mean, I guess like you just said, you don't want to hurt each other's feelings, but like with all this social media stuff, it's so easy to get wrapped up in bullshit, see other options out there, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Um, I, th- I think it just comes down to like the, the yin and the yang. I was re- I read a really interesting article that people aren't attracted to other people's strengths. They're attracted to their weaknesses being filled. And so I I take that as I told Kristen about this and we agreed wholeheartedly that like there's parts of my life that I don't do as well as others and she picks up that slack like second nature and vice versa. Um we we love each other and we we want to be together uh it's it's not like I, I don't need her and she doesn't need me like she could she could easily handle the two kids and her whole life and she would be very successful and there's there's no problem and i feel like i don't know if i could handle the two kids by myself so i might need <laughs> her for that but i i know that you know i would be okay by myself and it comes so it comes down to wanting each other and i think that's kind of like a lost a lost art people get like people forget that like this person is like your your partner or your love or however you want to you know your boo and however you want to call it and you want you need to, you want to want to be with that person because the honeymoon stage ends like very quickly in the, the grand scheme of things and so uh th- there's just like this want that we always want to like be around each other and when when i, I always let her know it's, it's always communication for us. I let her know, like, whether it's e- easy as a text, like, hey, I miss you. And it's just, even if I'm, like, barely missing her, I just let her know because oh, that's, like, reaffirmation that at least that I was thinking about her. And I, I try to text her every time I, I do think about her or 
and she does the same. And so it's just kind of like this, this yin and yang. That's the only way I can, I can, I can say it because, uh, there's times she's frustrated about certain things. There's times where I'm on her ass and I'm, I cannot be an easy person to be with because I'm, I'm so like attention to detail and I will poke, I will poke your buttons. I will make you like a little pissed off, but I'm the one to light the fire under your ass. Like no one else is going to, nobody else cares if Kristen's successful. Right. Uh, except for herself. And so it's good to have that person. And she's the same way with me. You know, she'll slide in some passive aggressive, like, oh, did you work out today? <laughs> and I know, I know that it's not, she's not curious. She's kind of like, well, did you? And so, and I'm like, damn right, 6 a.m., what's up? <laughs> um, and so it's, a, um, it is, it just comes down to like wanting to be with each other and not, and not forgetting that because, like, yeah, people are together and then you get like so methodical and like you have something for so long that it's just kind of a, it's like robotic. Um, and so like we make our, we make it a point to have like a couple of dates of just us a month, like just like going up to your birthday. That was us being like, you know, college tying Chris again. And so just like reliving great moments that, you know, revitalize your relationship and remind you, you know, have that this is this is why you do it and this is where you came from but you know now you have two kids and you just have to be a little more responsible it's so dope to hear a guy say that because i think guys are so freaked out by like commitment because they think that there's something better coming and i think everyone i think everyone in general has this like grass is greener attitude because of social media that like well what if there's someone hotter or what if there's someone cooler and i think like even just getting older makes you realize whoever, like, I always like my best guy friends. Like, whoever is my best friend or someone I can hang out with and just be completely myself, I'm like, that's who I want to be with, not the guy who's trying to, like, woo me and, like, this and yeah. that. It's, like, the person that you actually want to hang out with all the time. Because if mm-hmm. you do, then, like, why not do it more? Exactly. But girls are obviously better at seeing shit like that than guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Instagram, Photoshop's a hell of a drug. Like, <laughs> Being be, back to the NFL, like being in the NFL, you, I saw all of these like Instagram models and they would always show up and talk to these big time players and they look nothing like they look in their pictures. Like, I nothing. completely agree. I, I yeah. see a lot of them here in LA. Yeah. And, and like, people get that false hope. Like, why would you want to look better in your pictures than in person? Because then you're a letdown. I'd rather like look okay in my pictures and people see me like, damn, he looks good. Same. Um, that would be, yeah. that would actually be like so scary. Like I've had people say to me before, like guys and girls who have just like, even I'm friends with, they're like, Oh, you look like yourself. I'm like, good. Like, I don't need good. to look yeah. so much better. It's just more like, no. I want people to not think that I look like a different human. Yes. So you're going to have two more kids. Yes. When? Probably within the next two years, she'll be pregnant. And then as soon as she's pregnant, we're going to try right away for the, the fourth and be done oh my god uh, i want to see what a girl would look like you guys make the cutest uh, boys in the entire world and i want to we just, want a girl i want to see what a girl would look like from you too yeah i got the two wolves now so nobody's nobody's messing with us so oh you're right like you don't have they'll, to they'll be the two older brothers at school they'll go to school together and everyone will be like do not mess with her that's so you know? cute it's they so got cute. jackson and conway and they they don't they don't fuck around I'm like to Kristen, can you just like, I'm like, I promise you it's not annoying. Post more videos of the boys yeah. because they are yep. so cute. 
Yeah, that's that's probably the number one thing we hear is like they t- people tell me like we love your wife's Instagram because we get to see your kids. Like it's that's what it's about, which is so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Over Thanksgiving, Kristen sent me a video of Jackson being like, "Hi, Sophie." And he couldn't pronounce yeah. my name, and I'm like. It was like, it made my entire week. And then I put it on my story and I got so many replies being like, who is that? Whose child is that? I'm like, I think that I need to use Jackson, like expose him (laughs) for like my own like personal gains. I'm like, wow, I'm like really popular today because I have this child on my Instagram. He has a retainer. Yeah. It shocks me that you guys don't each have like a million followers each because I feel (laughs) like people really especially on Instagram, want to see, like, goals. Like, Eric and Jesse, you know? Like, you, you know them. Like, Jesse James yeah, Decker. Yeah, yeah, Chris and Chris and watched their show. I mean, they had a show. Like, that's what it is. And, and people I think, were uh, just obsessed with how they were obsessed with each other and the kids mm-hmm. and the chaos and the athlete factor. And, you know, she had her own shit going on. And, like, you two are exactly like that. Like, can you get your own show or something? Do a YouTube. <laughs> do YouTube. We we were approached we were approached by shows twice and both times we just we just came to find out like how fake these shows are and like how they manipulate situations and they they want all the rights to the to the film and so that they can put like different scenes together and make it seem like drama even though they're not you're not talking to each other like it may I may say something and it's like oh big fight but it was like no we were fighting like over monopoly you know and they just put the one scene and so. Uh, you know, they wanted all of our rights. We basically had no control and we said no. Um, you guys should vlog, like do like YouTubes and vlogs. Like do our own thing, yeah. Yeah, with like the kids and just document, video document like what y'all are doing because people are interested. Wait, I have a personal question. Which sports do you want Jackson and Conway to play? Uh, I mean, I want, I just want them to be passionate towards whatever that may be. I, you know, I hope not football. I was going to say, how do you feel about football yeah. after your three injuries? Um, yeah, I mean, I hope not football. I mean, football is going to be a very weird sport in, by the time they're playing. It's already changed so much since, like, we were younger and till now, like, how violent it was and now how, like, basically everything's a flag. Um, and I don't know, like, where that's heading. Like, it seems like it's heading to, like, a, the wrong place. And it's a money, it's a money machine, so they're going to want to keep it running, but... If people keep dying from like committing suicide and CTE and all of these problems, uh, I can't see them just keep on continuing uh, because all of that is starting to come to light because of social media. I mean, these dudes have been doing this for you know 50 years, but social media just came to really exacerbate everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So you have one person that you didn't really know in football who did this, but everyone knows now because of Instagram. And so... I think the more bad media they get, the more problems they're going to run into. But nonetheless, any sport they want. I don't care if they don't play sports. I just want them to be passionate uh, about something. And so as soon as I see that they're like really loving one thing, like whether it's a toy or like hitting the drums, I, I keep like feeding them that to see if they like keep going. Um, and so I think that's like the best way to, and every, there's no right way to, to parent, but I think that's the best way is just to follow like their passion. Sounds like the right way to parent to me. If we're really- I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So last question. I know you and Kristen are both really big on goals and manifesting things. And she actually really helped me with that. Like after we FaceTimed, I started reading the books she was reading. I started like being more goal oriented and like actually being positive about things and being like, no. Is that the, the secret? 
Yeah. And then she was like telling me more like of what she does and how she practices things she wants. And I'm like, I don't do that. I just am like, I would just be like, oh, I want this. But like, what if it doesn't happen? Yeah, I just, you would yeah. just worry about the negatives. And I've just completely changed my way of thinking like, no, it's going to happen. And just being positive about it is why mm-hmm. waste your time being negative. Anyways, what's your goal for 2019? Uh, we So in that regard, we have... Uh... two posters up right now that are probably you know 20 by 30 ish and they have all of our goals how to reach them like what what will it take to get there like daily things we need to do and so we see them every day they're they're in front of our shoes so you you have to wear shoes every day and so the only way to get your shoes is to like literally look at these posters and so every day we're reminded did you do these things that you said you you really wanted to accomplish um, and so they're in your face. They are reminding you like you did great today or you did shitty today. And there's only one way to get better. And that's just to be completely and utterly honest with yourself uh, because you can bullshit as much as you want, but bullshit never got anybody anywhere truly successful. My goals are, you know, I want to run 12 Spartan races, which are those crazy races, but I really want to compete and I want to do well. I'm not there to just join. I want to like try to place in these races i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna i'm gonna compete i'm gonna disrupt this this world here damn out. you have some yeah, good so quotes I'm... by the way Tiger. nice some Tiger. good quotes <laughs> i'm glad um you know we just we just have goals that we want to be better uh we want to be more involved with our friends i mean very very general but very tangible goals and so um you're in that mix like Get up to Manhattan Beach. Fuck yeah! Uh, and see, you know, you. There's I have a buddy Jeff. I got I got people out there that I'd, I'd love to see. And so we're trying to like make everything happen because friend. At the end of the day, your friends are like what matter the most. Those those are the people that keep keep you positive, keep you in the, keep your legend going, basically. And um, keep and so you guys we, feeling young. Exactly. <laughs> keep you feeling young, so we can we can party together and get weird. Hell yeah. Well, this interview was amazing. Like I said, you had some like really good quotes and very inspirational shit. And (laughs) I hope that a lot of guys listen to this because coming from a dude like yourself and hearing the things that you said, I think could really be like beneficial for some of these fuck boys out there. Hey, you know, there has to be some fuck boys to to really appreciate the the good ones. (laughs) So true. There's always there's two ends of the spectrum. If everyone was good, there it wouldn't wouldn't be appreciated. See, there's some more wise words you got. <laughs> um, but for real, thank you so much for coming on, and I can't wait for you guys to come up here. I'm gonna come down to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Up. Can't wait. All right, thanks so much. Guys, isn't Ty the absolute best? I love him and Kristen. If you never listened to the episode with Kristen, I highly recommend you go back into the archives and listen to that one. She is such a gem. I'm so hungover right now. My brain is so fucked. It's Monday of a four-day weekend. Yesterday, we went out and watched the football games with um, some of the guys from Barstool were in town and the Spit and Chicklets crew, and it was really fun. And I'm happy for the Patriots because now some of my 
friends get to go to the game and come to Super Bowl weekend that wouldn't have been coming otherwise. And I'm also really happy for the homie J-Rad, Jared Goff. He's going to be in the Super Bowl, which is wild. Really happy for him. And doing this right now, like I don't even know what to say because my brain isn't working. I'm going to do like some Q&As if you guys submit questions, but this week I'm not because the interview was really long and we're just getting back into the swing of things, but I will continue to pump out content and anything y'all want me to talk about, DM me. I always read my DMs, but I'm excited. I'm going to go to Super Bowl and recruit the living fuck out of everyone and get some really good interviews. Also, this is a really embarrassing story, but last night I went to dinner at Catch at like 10 p.m. and... I was pretty drunk by the time we went to dinner and I thought I saw Todd, Todd Gurley. And if you've listened before, you know that Todd finds me annoying. And I thought it was Todd at the table down like across from us. So screaming, Todd, Todd across the restaurant. And he didn't acknowledge me. And then I was talking to Jared's roommate, Patty. And Patty was like, yeah, their plane just landed. That wasn't Todd. And then I found out it was DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) But yeah, I'll be at Super Bowl. I'll be recruiting some good interviews hopefully and maybe I'll get into some more shenanigans to bring y'all some good stories and shit all right thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you guys on the next episode of shooting it with so you know you like that you know you like that you know you like